What's up? What's up? Welcome back to another episode of Jack of All Trades, a weekly podcast for you to digest where there will always be a special guest. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, aka Jack Jack, Black Jacks, Jackie O, and Tropidi Jacks if you know me like that. All right, so we're going to get into a topic that is well known to many and might be an elephant in the room every now and again, or it might be a a pretty prevalent part of your experience, but colorism is definitely existent in our day-to-day lives. So let's get into how it can impact our experiences, especially when we take into consideration celebrities and Hollywood and kind of how the world prioritizes skin tone, especially within the Black community. So without further ado, let's get into it. This week, Jack of All Trades takes on colorism. So it can be the elephant in the room or it can be loud and direct and on parade. So today, let's explore the presence of colorism within our everyday lives and in society and discuss how it can impact us and how we see ourselves in the world around us. So got some great returning guests here with me to discuss this topic so please ladies go ahead and introduce yourselves hello Jackie it's Diane thank you for having me again Um, I think this is my third episode so I'm pretty excited about that and I actually have prepared today I'm drinking some (laughs) kava tea and you know I'm ready to talk about colorism thanks for joining me Hello, uh, Jack of all trades. It's your Lex. Thanks for the invite back here again. Um, I am prepared as well with a tropical fruit punch. And uh, yeah, ready to tackle this polarism conversation. All right. Thank you for joining me as well. Welcome back, ladies. Um, Lexi made a great point. Um, I want to call out her Janet Jackson delay. So we're going to work through it and she's going to ease into what she gives us so we can all hear it. But beyond that, definitely glad you guys are joining me to have this conversation. Wanted to talk about colorism for a while now. So definitely interested to hear what you guys have to say and feel like there's some, you know, relevant topics out there these days you know, at this point in time that kind of um, speak to colorism in our society. So icebreaker before we get into our official questions. So let's talk about the drama, y'all. And you know what I'm talking about. The The drama. The drama (laughs) with the baby. The baby. The mama to the (laughs) new baby. Yellow bone is what he wants. So, uh, for those that may not have caught winds within the past 48 hours, uh, it came out that rapper the baby, who we used to think of very fondly over here at Jack of All Trades, but he showed his natural black ass in many different ways over the course of oh 18, what, 22 months? Yeah. So the latest way. <laughs> 
in which he has done so. Um, he he was said to have put his new uh, baby mama singer Danny Lee uh, out of his house with their three-month-old newborn. So he calls her a certified side bitch on IG Live. Um, he makes it seem like she's crazy. There's charges that were filed against her for assault. He um, showed the baby on Instagram, you know, making it seem like, you know, he's going to just be there for his kids no matter what. Just just a full on debacle. And then Danny Lee takes to Instagram stories and pretty much posts every single saved Instagram video or picture that she had of her and the baby over the course of the past, you know, year and a half to let us know that she's been hanging with him and show us how he left her when she got pregnant or when she had the baby or both. Um, and it's just been... He's saying a yellow bone is what he wants, right? Is that the name of yellow bone? She. Or... <laughs> so yes, if you are unfamiliar, Danny Lee did have a very popular song called "Take It Easy" with Chris Brown. That I won't lie, had it on repeat. Um, <laughs> and then yes, earlier this year, in the midst of you know, secretly dating the baby because this relationship was not very public. She decided to make a song called Yellow Bone, or I guess the hook was Yellow Bone, what they want or what he wants. Yellow Bone is what he wants. Yeah, so um, that was supposed to be a shot at his first baby mama, uh, Mimi, because Mimi is not um, fair-skinned. Um, Danny Lee is Dominican, so it's kind of hard to understand why she decided that the term yellow bone applied to her, but you could tell that, you know, she thought she was winning the race. So then, but essentially the baby showed his natural black ass and she realized that she was in some bullshit and it's just kind of come to a dramatic head on the internet. So now that I've given a full on digest, <laughs> What are your what are your thoughts on this foolishness, ladies? Okay. So I can't stand, you know, he made this song Yellow Bone as what he wants because I am a firm believer. I just I can never support a woman feeling like she took a man you know from another mm -hmm. woman like oh you know my ass is fatter than yours and that's why he want to be with me or i'm a yellow bone you know <laughs> with a blonde loose curl pattern and he got his hands in it in all the damn videos like i'm a puppy but you know that's what he wants at the end of the day, if a man is going to cheat on you, he's going to cheat on you. He'll cheat on you with an ugly girl, a girl that looks better than you, a girl with a fatter ass than you. So I don't think that you should ever feel like you're better than someone and kind of taunt them in that way. Like I felt and a lot of the people, you know, online felt she did to his previous uh, baby's mother. Um, but then again, you know, just what he did 
was very disrespectful in the way that he talked about her. And I mean, her receipt showed that again, a man can be all up in your face at your house on the trip with you and look at how he talk about you in public. In public, private, he, he talked bad to her on like, and recorded himself talking to her like that. Like, he is reckless. I mean, now, lest we forget, we're not even gonna, I mean, we all know he killed somebody, right? And got away with it. He's yes. walking around right now. self-defense. <laughs> but you still, I mean, come on now. You still took somebody's <laughs> life, and you say it was self-defense, you figure that out. And then, you know, he is just problematic. He is this earlier this year with all of his homophobic com- comments. He's extremely problematic, mm-hmm. and you have to expect that to translate into his home life, into his personal yeah. life. You don't get to make me believe. You don't get to like act like that, and, I, and you think I'm gonna believe that you're not like that at home. And he just straight disrespected her. But I also think it's interesting. Number one, that she's Dominican, mm-hmm. and the fact that she would taunt his first baby mama with the whole yellow bone thing because colorism is really big in Latin countries. Right. You know, that is just really a big thing. And like, you know, it's interesting because honestly, that's the first thing that, I mean, when you're younger, when you're like in high school or whatever, I would never forget this girl was like, what's up? You know, we were going, we were fighting and arguing or whatever. And next thing you know is, what's your black ass? That's the first thing a light-skinned girl is going to say about a dark-skinned chick. They're going to discredit you, and, and not every time, but when you're younger, when you're, you know, middle school, high school, you know, taunting each other, that's the first thing. So now this is grown woman. Mm-hmm. who is taunting some uh, another woman over her skin complexion which we all know that's not what you gonna do about it right <laughs> what are you gonna ever do about that so I think it's really interesting it seems like she's also you know been pretty been problematic also you know but one thing that I found interesting about it all he said when he was going off on her because I watched a little bit of the video he said she my certified side chick her mama and her daddy know right and I was like, so baby girl, like you did kind of accept this role in some <laughs> slight way and you didn't realize it. Maybe you don't like it today. Maybe today it no longer serves you or satisfies you, but you kind of were okay with this because he said with confidence, her mother and her father know. So what I just want to add in there real quick, because we'll take it back to basketball wise, okay? I will never forget with Tammy Roman and Mika's son, you know, the one, you know, she was there for like one season, but they made it seem like Tammy was colorist because she said something like, I told your black ass and everybody knows. (laughs) In the black household, whether you're black, I done been many of black asses, okay, from my mama. Uh, So that's more just like a term of, You know, it, you gotta use your context too. You know, when it's- right? I was gonna say it's all about context. It's just like, like, bitch, right? You know, bitch can go from like, you know, my good friend, yeah, to a problem. And I think depending on the situation and the way in which you're using it, but I do agree. I've been called many a black ass before, and I didn't get like, I didn't feel like it was colorist. I felt like they were just saying, I- <laughs> <In> yeah. <general. laughs> 
Yeah. So, so many things with this, right? Like, the baby, he definitely has had, like, one of the worst spirals of any artist over this quick of an amount of time. You know, some people... And granted, right, we live in social media and in a lot of in a lot of these of ways he did it to himself. And a lot of this behavior, right, was self-inflicted. But a lot of times artists at least have some like real longevity before there's a moment where people are like, wow, like I don't really know about this person anymore. It feels like it took a smooth, I don't know. Like I, like I keep saying, 18 to 22 months. And and by then you knew that he was trash. And I'm gonna, you know, kind of keep making that clear that his demise has been real, but- um, Self-inflicted. And self-inflicted. But I can't help but think for uh, Miss Danny Lee, if you have receipts that go back so far we have to think about how intentional it is for you to open the Instagram app every time you're with somebody, film the video or take the picture and never post it. Right. And think, you know, sincerely and consciously about what you're doing there. Well, I said, wait, I want to interject there because there is so either, you don't have to take it on Instagram. You take it and you post it, it'll automatically post the date that was kind of like time stamped on it. You said that if you post it to Instagram, right? no matter- If you like take a video from your phone regularly, it'll still have that time stamp. Does that make sense? Right, so when you try to, but it does give you the option to like delete it you know, you can pull that time and date down and delete it just like any other thing that you can add to an Instagram story. Okay, so essentially Instagram is going to tell on you, like, hey, this video was originally from this day. Right. If you pulled it from your album. Taking it for her personal records on her personal video and not going to Instagram, but... Okay, fair, but still, right? You decided to go way back And let's be clear, you don't have to have a public relationship. By no means am I saying that. However, if you are in a happy, healthy relationship where everybody's on the same page, everybody's communicating, you can likely post an occasional, you know, piece of evidence, (laughs) right? Like whether it's a date night or a special night, right? An award night or, you know, you're literally pregnant, like just showing pictures where you guys are enjoying each other, you know, as the baby grows. You didn't do, you weren't able to do any of that. Why? Because you know that you were in competition with another woman for that man. And whether you want to call yourself a side chick or whether somebody wants to call you a second girlfriend, um, I feel like if, if your family knew what was up, but also accepted his absence, really more importantly, if you knew what was up and accepted the antics, you you know what time it was. You don't you don't take pictures and videos with a man for that long who's also famous, right? And and act like you don't want the world to know. Right. And what what she started to post was like at the beginning of March of 2020 where he was pretty much at the height of his fame. I saw him in in concert in March of 2020. 
it was kind of funny because I'm like, girl, were you in Clearwater with him? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so it's like, you know, you would have liked for people to know that you were with him. And then all of this time marches on and there was never a point where you could have any sort of public moment with him. You have to know what you sign up for. And also this man showed you he was trash at every step of the way, but instead you wanted to compete with another woman and you decided, as we're going to get into, because you were the lighter and the fairest of them all, that you would probably win the battle. But guess what, baby? Clearly you didn't win the war. Why? Because now you have his infant and he done already made it hard on you and you're only 90 days into the experience. I think to me, Danny Lee, first of all, Danny Lee, Danny Lay, I always thought L E I G H Lay. If it's Lee, please correct me. I think she was going more towards the I'm definitely, like you said, fair skin, but I'm not black, but I can still kind of pass and if that makes sense. Oh, I mean, yeah. y'all know the ones that do it. Uh, the black fishers. Yes, right. Stand, you know, when it's convenient. Down with the, right, right, right. But like he said, the the mother disowned the half, the half black grandchild because kind of like what Diane said, they don't really mess with dark skinned people, black people. I mean, you look at what's her name, Amara. Amara really struggles with that, you know. And yeah, I think it's two two things that are interesting. One, I have never ever in all my life seen a couple where the man was like completely disrespectful and put the woman in a put a woman in a compromising situation when she had just had a kid where it ever worked out. Right. I, I have, I don't want to tell people's business, but I have several, I've known several people where, you know, their child's father, you know, just did some crazy stuff to them when they had like an infant, like within, they weren't even back at work, 12, 12 weeks, three months, you know, kind of thing, which this baby is like three months old. It mm-hmm. never, ever fails. I mean, that they all, and, and then the, everybody sticks it out because, you know, you just had this baby for this man, so you're going to really fight and try. And every single time, they, it's like, it's almost like a, 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 a volcano effect. Like, it just starts. Once he realizes that he can treat you like that, when yeah. you're not even, your body's not even healed. Right. Then, right? you know, people who treat you bad when you're down, you know, that's not even like that. that so she needs to, she needs to run. Light skin, yeah, dark skin. I, I was uh, going to say, if I treat you bad while I can fuck you, think I'm not going to treat you bad <laughs> during that healing process when I don't even have access to the vagina? It's true. I'm telling you, that, that, that I mean, not- never works. Right. Not saying it's right, but you're absolutely right. Right. I mean, it's almost like a race to the bottom. Right. Like how poorly can I treat you and you'll still stick around? And maybe honestly, that's what happened. He was like, I've been treating you like shit. Why are you still here? Well, that you know what? That's a good point. I don't know. Because she couldn't share a picture. She couldn't tell anybody. And you know, she wanted to tell people. I mean, it's you like, know, it's natural, right? It's I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to make it seem like, oh, she was a thirst bucket in any way. Like, 
But I feel like once you get caught up in that type of situation, it's only natural that there's really a part of you that wants to be able to share this reality. Right. Right. 100%. So, I don't know. Good, good luck to her. The baby, this is it, you know, right? I'm like, you had a terrible 2020. It was something last week. It was so weird because you know about the people, Jackie, that I've unfollowed. We've talked about that before, but last week, for some reason, I'm like, I'm just irritated with seeing the baby come across my timeline now. Like something in my spirit just wasn't moving right. And then look, we wake up this week. It's like, that's what it was. Right. We were trying to hold on to just a little piece of you being worth shit, but you just ain't shit. No. And we have to let it go. And you know, another thing too, the baby has too many things that he's closed off about. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think everybody deserves some stuff that they just don't agree with or whatever. Like, that's fine. Whatever. But you just you ain't for nothing. You don't, what do you what do you, what is it? What what about life brings you joy? or whatever because right now all you act like is you hate everything you hate everything about life and you're making that very very clear so whatever has got you like messed up in the head is where you really that's what i see like i i'm like how do you hate all everything women you don't then you you hate the gays because clearly if you hate women wouldn't you be gay i I just i'm like so confused (laughs) i'm like so are you like one of those homophobes that like is down low i don't know because i'm like how you treat women like this i just can't imagine treating Mm. people like this and then i say i love them like and or i care about them or whatever whatever you say you know i just don't understand that approach all i'm hearing is i don't like niggas i don't like bitches i don't like nobody and (laughs) and we don't like you no one likes you anymore like so that's where this is like you know you just thought you you hate everything so now we just we're we're giving it back to you (laughs) that's the best way to put it Yes. All right. So now that we've had our um, very spicy icebreaker, let's get right into the main questions. So first question, how does the term black affect you? Did you want to be thought of as brown or something else when you were younger? remember like being we went to like an all kind of white um, Christian elementary school and um, I always wanted to be considered like African American I don't know why that was different I think maybe it has something to do with that the fact that I am darker skin that I am dark skin not you know like you know before we even start, you know, mm-hmm. my perspective is definitely coming from this midnight, dark, black, beautiful woman. And so I, mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why I didn't like the whole black thing, because, you know, anytime people would want to tease me, taunt me, whatever, make fun of me, that's the first thing they went to. So I always kind of like, I liked, you know, referring to myself as like African-American and so that was that was really my thing but i've always really loved being black mm-hmm. and 
um, and just like for me, it was it was something that like I was always told my whole life it was a gift. My mom said that when she was pregnant with me, she prayed, she asked God that I would be as black as her dad was. She mm-hmm. wanted me to be as dark as her daddy. And so my whole life, I was always told, like, this is a gift. This is what your grandfather gave you. Like, I looked like my cousins and my uncles and all of them. So so for me, it was like, I didn't want to be anything else. But for some reason, I did like to refer to myself as, like, African-American. You know, that was really kind of what I thought of. But I've always loved being this Black and having this skin color that I have, uh, you know, so for me, it was never something I wanted to shy away from. It's so interesting that you said that, Diane, because I've never really pinpointed why, but I feel the same way. Like, I always said, you know, like, African-American. But, you know, when I talked about white people, I called them white people. I didn't say Caucasians, you know, or anything like that um but i totally uh agree like i said with what you said about wanting to be referred to as african-american um and for me i don't know depending on what region you're in some people would consider me light-skinned some people would consider me you know more of a caramel complexion but definitely growing up i was like can you give us some examples of those regions right where are the regions where you yeah, would just, i mean like maybe because... like Cali. so okay i'll just say this Europe? like it, no, <laughs> <laughs> just for me i feel like in michigan and maybe of course mm-hmm. because it's a lot of snow there's not a lot of sun there were lighter skinned people in Michigan. So it wasn't really that big of a deal, if you'd say, because definitely, at least in Detroit, we got black people, we got white people, that's it. It ain't no Mexican people, it ain't no nothing else. You're black or you're white, you know? So as opposed to, you know, when I got down to Florida, you see all different types of people and different types of skin tones and you know people that are Jamaican that are light skin or Haitian mm-hmm. and you know all different colors of the spectrum so well you know at FAMU we did have a term called Michigan yellow so <laughs> uh, I've never heard that before <laughs> yes because I did have some classmates and folks that came in around my time that were from Michigan and very fair skin so you are absolutely right Alexis but I would think anywhere south of Michigan we're gonna call you light skin okay in these regions okay yeah. I'll take that hey I've been in Texas 10 years same thing so. <laughs> yes um when I was little I so I would say right on our spectrum I'm falling in the middle now i would truly say depending on the region i remember going down to florida early on and people like there's been people where they have referred to me as being light and i'm like what are you talking about because growing up in illinois right in the midwest also snow (laughs) real winters all of the above you know there are some people when they're not tanning that are much lighter than me I have relatives that are much lighter than me, but I'd always felt like I I knew there was a full spectrum and I could fall 
more closely on the darker side, especially in the summer after band camp. But <laughs> as a super young kid, as a little kid, I just remember you learn them colors from the Crayola box. So I remember asking my mama, like, I am brown. Why are you calling me black? <laughs> so that was my first struggle with just the term black. It was like, if we're talking about people's skin color, right? And the actual color itself, I don't feel like I identify with the black crayon in the box. I am more like the brown one. So I think that part alone, you know, kind of starts us off down this path of like, how black, you know, do I feel like I identify as in terms of the the true color itself? And I think maybe even it's, you know, a subconscious thing that has been beaten into us for all this time, because I mean, let's be for real, black has always had a negative connotation. Right. Like, you know, you're real, you're crispy, crack it, you flavor flav, uh, you black oh. cats, you wear black, that means you worship the devil, you know, all types of stuff. So I'm very open to believing that, you know, that had something to do with it as well, you know, what we see mm -hmm. and hear in regards to the word black. Right. All right. So next question. So tell me about your earliest memory of you or another person distinguishing your skin tone from someone else's? Oh, I'll go first. Um, <laughs> would I, much like what I experienced now with my goddaughter that you both know, like having two parents, you know, that probably fall in somewhere between you guys. Like people mm -hmm. are always like, oh, you know, we're, we're your parents or these can't be your parents or you're, you know, why is your mama brown skin and you light skin? And I'm like, I, you know, so I kind of really always felt like an outsider in my family being mm -hmm. like, you know, well, damn, is this really my parents? Am I, <laughs> am I adopted? But I'm like, I see the pictures of my mama pregnant. So <laughs> you look just like you. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say from a very, very, very early age, I would say, I mean, ever since I started interacting with other kids, so maybe preschool, you know, yeah, that was always the thing Like, oh, those aren't your parents, you're, you're light skin and they're brown skin. So there's no way that could be a thing. And I have two brown skin parents, but it's a thing called genetics that I learned about you know a little mm -hmm. further down the line yeah yeah it showed out on you because you hopped out like hey hey i'm light-skinned for the world what's up <laughs> yeah but it's like nigga i'm yours because i got your whole face yeah. so. <laughs> my sister my youngest sister is exactly the same right so it's a little at least for you lexi like you didn't have i don't know if people siblings siblings to like harass you about it but my my middle sister and I look very similar. We, you know, we just have a lot of the same features. We have, she's a little bit lighter than I am, but overall, like, you know, and her hair is curly and mine was not, but we look alike. You knew we were sisters. But my baby sister comes out, she's just like light skin and different. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it wasn't until 
I got older that I could really see how we look alike. Oh, wow. For a long time, I just didn't see that. We used to always say, well, my mom would always make these jokes like we had different dads. You know, my sister's dad was Denzel. (laughs) You know, so she'd always make these jokes. So we would just tell baby sis that she was adopted. That was like a little thing, you know, and I guess like she should be on the show to tell us how she felt. But it really wasn't until I was probably like she was maybe a teenager because we're 10 years apart that I started to see our similarities past our skin color. But um, back to your original question, I started noticing it probably in like the second grade, first or second okay. grade. And um, we carpooled with this family and one of the girls was in my class, her name was Laura, and she would always like talk about it. Mm. You know, she would always kind of be like, oh, your hair is so pretty. Cause you know, of course my hair looks different every other Monday because I get it done every other Saturday you know like so mm-hmm. it, it's different from hers I remember she wanted her hair to look like mine so bad and I was like oh girl it'll never happen I even then I was like oh I don't think that's gonna work but so she was really like one of the first people to make me be like okay clearly there's there's a difference here like she sees it and she talks about it a lot you know and right she, oh she was so curious about like my church and things I did on the weekends because that was black tail. You know, mm. so she always was really interested and wanted to know like what my life was like, who did my hair, how did I get it done? I didn't know how to explain like how I get my hair pressed or braided. I'm like, I don't know, my mom braided it. We right. got it washed, my godmother braided it. I don't know, girl, this is just how I, I sat down in a chair. I don't I'm a, you know I'm a kid. So she was really the first person to like make me feel okay, there's a genuine difference here between like the two of us okay I'm not going to well I'll be the first to admit I it took me a long time to realize you were talking about a white girl (laughs) (laughs) I picked that up I didn't pick that up for a while. I thought maybe she was a black girl that had, you know, maybe a different type of hair. Or no, something. she was a white girl. White girl. And like, she, I guess I should have said that at the beginning, but yeah, she she would always kind of call it out. Why, what, how, why does it look like this? How did you do this? You know, why is your skin? Do you sit in the sun? I'm like, mm. no, nah, girl, should I just wake up like this, you know? So that was the first time I ever <laughs> Literally. had to talk about like being black. Gotcha. You know, and I, and you're young, so you like. I didn't think it was a big deal, but I guess it's different. You know. Right. So. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I feel like, again, like I mentioned, I think I have a lot of skin tones uh, in my family. Like it's all well represented. Um, but I remember, probably in grade school as well. You know, as like all of my cousins and I started to get a little bit older and hang out. So now there's like a a cluster of us, you know, when you kind of look at us, we all look a little bit different. Like me and my brother look like twins, but you know, the rest of everybody kind of has their distinct looks. And I have one cousin who's, um, I think she's about four years younger than me. And she's super fair skin. She has green eyes. And so it was like, I could see the difference, but I didn't think anything of it because that's my cousin. That's my auntie's daughter. Her mom's brown skin, like Lexi said, but she's light skin, you know? So it's like, you knew it could happen, but her dad also is light skin. But I noticed like we would ride around and at some point, you know, we start jokingly calling her white girl. 
it's like so you know you knew that there was a difference in the shades and it skewed on the much lighter end and it went on the much darker end but I can distinctly remember being little kids and calling her white girl because she was much lighter than the rest of us <laughs> now Lexi is over here with the face like she was triggered. clearly I've been there but also like I said in Detroit we have black people and we have white people and I did not go to school with white people until high school so imagine looking like this and talking <laughs> like I talk they're like oh you're you talk white you look white who are you <laughs> are you the cops no <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be the cops or the ops. You gotta yeah, the be the cops feds. Or the ops. You gotta be. <laughs> Which one is it? Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, of course, that's not to say, you know, I didn't hear all of the other things about dark skinned people, but that's just one of the earliest things that sticks out in my mind. But so, going right into that, speaking of, what are some anti dark skinned tropes? you heard about growing up, you know, on the playground or on the school bus or in class, um, you know, lived experience. <laughs> Let's start with you, Diane. <laughs> Anti, um... But you know what? I have a good one that I'll start with. Yeah. One of the biggest ones that it was really annoying to me was just this idea of not wanting to sit out and play anymore at a certain point during your years in recess because you didn't want to get too dark for sure that like is a you literally really good one. right you don't want to go out and play because you don't want to get too dark like who told you that it was a problem getting a tan up from the playground that is that is a really good one and that drives me nuts Right. Because you have no clue. So, like, growing Florida, you know, we go to the beach, we go for, like, a whole day. You know, especially mm -hmm. when you're young, like, that's a whole day. Like, they take y'all out there for a whole damn day. Y'all just do whatever. And I would literally have people be like, you know, oh, I don't want to get too dark. Sunblock constantly sitting. And I'm, I'm like, that, no, that's not something that bothers me. I don't care about that. And, you know, I'm really fortunate because I don't ever burn. I'm, I don't know about y'all. I've never had sunburn. <laughs> okay, never. Now, now you're bragging. Oh, that's not a thing. I am so grateful for that. I have, I thought it was, I thought everybody just didn't have it. I've met, my nose has never peeled. I mean, I've <laughs> ever. My shoulders, I've never had to use aloe. I don't even know why people be using that aloe gel. And no. You know what? For a long time, I didn't burn, but there there came a time. Oh, there came a time. And I was like, oh, okay, well, playtime is over. Yeah. <laughs> I use sunblock because I know you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. But I'm like... It doesn't matter to me. And yeah, I definitely, you know, I will get darker for sure. Like my makeup will not match, you know, <laughs> so I get it. Everybody, you know, like, so it's not like I don't get it, but I just, I'll just be like, oh, well, you know, I'm just can't wear it tonight. Can't wear foundation tonight. Like, but so I have had that happen, but that, that will, that is one thing that, has, that will drive me crazy. Um, you know, I, I think that as a kid, that was always like a big one too. 
you know, don't be outside all day, getting getting dark. And my cousins are very light-skinned. And so my aunt would really focus on them with that a lot. Um, I think one of the things that has always kind of been a little hard, difficult for me was that you're pretty for a black girl or a dark-skinned girl. Oh, hell no. Yeah, you know, that is something that definitely I experienced, you know, is that, you know, and, and people would say that, like, and I think, especially Caribbean, Caribbean people, that's a little bit, you know, something that I found in South Florida, like men wouldn't have a problem, some Jamaican dudes just wouldn't have a problem saying with that. I'm not saying that's everybody, I'm just saying some of the ones I experienced, you mm-hmm. know, they would say like, oh, you're so pretty for a, a dark girl, like, and that I, I was like, I just want to be a beautiful woman, like a beautiful person. Right. I don't want to have to like be pretty for, you know, so that, that was, that's one thing I can think of yeah right it has to be an exception like being beautiful and dark skin is an exception so let me call that out specifically for you like that's some bullshit but on the flip side I feel like I've definitely had people before kind of like fawn over my skin tone like not really like oh you have beautiful eyebrows you know (laughs) they should be shouting out your nose you know they're just like oh no I just love you just look at your complexion I'm just like you know I'm a whole person like right (laughs) (laughs) yes but that is pretty much the idea of colorism right so right I can remember an incident where I was in New Orleans with one of my other light-skinned cousins and we're minding our business walking down canal and this guy literally runs down on her like hey hey you know I you know I got a color complex I gotta talk to you first of all I know you got a better New Orleans accent than that oh I don't think he was from those parts I think he was was just in town no that's not the best you can give us oh no sorry if he did have one what he said was so terrible like it wasn't even a turn on you know in the moment (laughs) (laughs) but he literally said that I'm like wow like y'all will hold that in your heart like centered to the way you move like there's if you are light then I am going to gravitate towards you and I am going to you know prioritize you no matter what, like, I don't even know you, but on the street, I see you, you're light skin, and I like that, and I'm gonna let you know that. So, I don't know, that's, it's interesting, but not really interesting, not good at all, but, uh, <laughs> so but, yeah. again, like I said, I feel like it goes back, you know, when you think about it, we are really not that far removed from not being free here in America. So a lot of our grandparents or great grandparents or aunts and uncles, you know, when they would say stuff like don't be out there getting black or, you know, you know, a lot of the things I think that they were still kind of thinking in that mentality, which is kind of what hit me when you said that Diane about, just not being out too late or you know not getting too dark one of the things that really stuck in my head was I had a a friend that was maybe a little bit lighter than me growing up and she had fair-skinned grandmother Mm -hmm. but both of her parents were brown-skinned but her grandma would always always say stuff like you know 
if if you're dark, you ain't smart, or if you're light, you all right, or you know, like they would have these little slogans, and you're like, well, look at this old ignorant lady, but mm-hmm. like I don't think you should be saying this stuff out loud to people. But again, not too far removed from probably sitting on Massa's porch. Right. You know, antagonizing the field Negroes as they went by. So. Yep. That's real. That's definitely real. You know, Lexi, I've heard those before. Like, I've heard Mm -hmm. people use things like, you know, use things like that. and, And, you know, and I do think it was definitely an older generation generational thing I wonder how that translates to how people kids are treating each other today you know and I don't know right like I don't know if that's well, I think thing. these days great grandmas are like 62 so <laughs> they're a little further removed <laughs> from the plantation it's hit or miss it's hit or miss <laughs> and in a lot of cases it's probably miss <laughs> All right, so let's talk more about the experiences of men versus women based on complexion in this social media age, right? I mean, we can go ahead and get the uh, easiest one out of the way. It's the light-skinned nigga face. (laughs) So... I'd hate to say, can I go first? But can I go first? Please, yes. Please, please. Okay, so I think that we can all agree. And then again, oh my gosh, it's just bringing it all back. Like what I said about Black just having a certain connotation, you know, Mm -hmm. associated with it. So you think of a light-skinned man, you think of like a pretty boy, Mm-hmm. You know, I'm real in touch with my feelings and I might cry on your pillow or something like that outside your house with a boombox. And you think of like, a, you know, a chocolate or like a, a brown black guy, as mm-hmm. they were saying. You think of like a a heart, like a 50 cent, like a thug. I got a gun in my back pocket and I'll punch everybody <laughs> in their face right now if they even look over here you know like just you think of more tough yeah possibly confrontational you know but definitely more of a protector you know Mm. so absolutely you know i think about for like dark skin then ralph angel on whatever that show is brown brown sugar you know he's like this very attractive dark skinned man is that Kofi? are you talking about Kofi? yes oh okay you know I don't watch Tyler Perry stuff but you say Kofi that is not Tyler Perry that is Ava DuVernay isn't it? I think so and plus it's a really good show you need to watch that but is it on is it on OWN? what's wrong with OWN? I know you can watch every other channel Right. Anyway, but like even his character in that particular show, I always think it's kind of funny that he has been casted as like this rough and tough, like, you know, and it's kind of with all these problems. And I wonder if they would have cast a lighter skinned man. A Terrence Howard? I don't think so. And we see that a lot with Hollywood, you know, like, I really don't think that it would have been a Terrence Howard or... You know, it's just, I don't see that, but I definitely see, you know, 50 Cent, he def- he's always cast, like, 
in that more gangster kind of like thugged out role. Mm-hmm. Even even if you take it back to Boys in the Hood, mm. you know there that there's some colorism going on. Like I wonder if they would have recasted some of those roles with the characters in different roles. Like I think it would be worse today because at least Ricky was on a straight and narrow and he was yep. tall and dark skinned And well, more, I don't know if it was before exfoliation came out or. <laughs> If he was on that damn Charlemagne skin regimen, but <laughs> Morris Chestnut was black. He was Bernie Mac black. Maybe it was just the camera back what? then. I don't know. I mean, he was fine as fuck. Don't get me wrong, but that black just even skin. T- I just saw it the other day when they shot him. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and that's literally the part I turned on and they were like bringing him dead back to put him on the couch. And I'm like, mm. Some wild shit, man. You know, my parents took me to see that in the drive <laughs> in the theater when I was five years old, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> they said, close your eyes. Do right. you have a babysitter? <laughs> I guess not, y'all. <laughs> Never forget that. You shit. know, and that is probably why we call you what we call you to this day. Right. Trapper died. <laughs> From an early age, I was expo- exposed to gang gang. <laughs> but no, so definitely good points there. So I do think of two things that really stood out from what y'all said. Um, darker skinned people are always thought to be more aggressive. And while it's cool, like when you're looking for a protector, you want to feel like somebody can be aggressive on behalf of you it also kind of can backfire when somebody is really just minding their business being darker skin and somebody wants to accuse them or something um or say that they are most likely the person that's guilty of some sort of transgression because they look scarier right because they are dark skin or darker um and i think if we look at the stats, uh, it's pretty clear that darker skinned people get more time when they are sentenced to be behind bars than lighter skinned people, just like black people in general get more time than white people. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're combating racism outside of the race and then you're combating colorism within the race at the same time sometimes. And then Hollywood, that was definitely another one. And you know what? I'll save that one. We're going to put a pin in that because we'll get there. Yeah, because have you ever seen a light-skinned dude say today in the movie? Mm. Other than Will Smith. We give it to Will Smith. Yeah, okay, I want to say, Smith. right. Right. We'll just right. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. But also, this is a great place to plug in because I see it's not in the top 10 um, anymore. If you guys have not seen Colin in black and white, you need to watch it. Hmm. Okay. Because you even see as a biracial man, <laughs> he was going through when you with a group of white people. <laughs> that's right. One and of know, these things don't look alike. That's right. And you're the one that we're going to give the issue to at mm-hmm. every step of the way. And I'm glad you mentioned white people because I thought of, I was thinking about this when Jackie was really like tying together. The, the way that we're dealing with oppression and racism and then colorism, I don't think white people understand that. No, and exactly. Right. That drives me nuts. I don't think 
you know, white people as a whole really get the complications that come within the black race. And it is because of so many things, oppression and the way that we have just had to deal. But I mean, that it's it's really hard because like you got, you know, you've got people, this, this that guy, the Republican guy who just, um, you know, some child, new doofus, whoever. Yes. And everybody's like, oh, why don't black people support him? We don't have to support every black person. Right. Like, that's not, I don't hope you don't think just because sometimes we will jump on the bandwagon or move mm-hmm. with the population, you know, and I, and I, whatever. That doesn't mean we're always going to do it. And right. I, I don't think white people really take us, take into account really how you know the complication how complicated it is just being black well and my thing is this too they might take it into they might not take it into consideration but they perpetuate it because whether they want to admit it or not they're all they're likely more comfortable with the lighter skinned person the more ambiguous person you know they they feel a little bit free more free and looser right Mm -hmm. because i can think of people that are white presenting right whether they are in um intending to pass or not they may not look like a black person quote unquote and they've mentioned how white people say all types of crazy shit in front of them so when white people don't think that black people are around Mm -hmm. they feel like they can let their hair down a little bit more so when you come in very unapologetically black, right? You brown, you darker skin, you got your braids, <laughs> you know, you got your nails, you got your gold on. They like, oh, <laughs> this is clearly a black person. So maybe they'll choose to hold their tongue. Maybe not, who knows? But, you know, they are more comfortable when they believe that there's nobody in the room that they can offend. I got a perfect example of that. I've um, more recently, I was in a uh, like a team chat at work. You know, we're talking about the holidays, and one of my coworkers said, "Yeah, um, so does anybody have any black people in their family?" I said, "Well, damn, we all got profile pictures. I n- I had to send a picture around to my friends. Like, do I not look black in this picture because?" Do I not look like it could be a hint of black for you to say this? Because I wanted to know what the follow-up was. Right. I didn't even say nothing back. I was waiting to see what everybody else was going to say. What y'all got to say about Because that was just very random to me. Or, you know, I feel like we all deal with also the microaggressions where, you know, people are like, oh, you're dressed so nice. You're so well put together or you speak oh. so well. Like, this is oh, a business yeah. meeting. What did you think I was going to show up looking and talking like like (laughs) what are we talking about child so yeah they they gonna let you know whether or not they if they think you're one of the good negroes right exactly right right Right. they'll let you know if they explicitly endorse colorism themselves or they kind of show you in in their behavior like Mm Hey, as long as everybody might might be white presenting in the room, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say what I want to say because the darker it gets, the more I feel like restricted in in the topics. Mm-hmm. So. All right, 
right so next question so have you guys ever known anyone who bleaches their skin to look lighter okay i'll go first i i know i don't so you can go next diane <laughs> i do Mm. And um, I figured you might be from South Florida. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I actually know someone who, um, and he is Vietnamese. Girl, He's, what? Yes. I got a dude Vietnamese darker than me that does mm -hmm. my nails. He was dark. He was a very like dark brown Vietnamese man. Like we grew up together, mm. and I I saw him like I hadn't seen him for a long time. And then I saw him one day, and I did not know who it was. Sammy Sosa? Sammy Sosa me. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Oh, fun fact, I actually worked for Sammy Sosa. With, I worked for the dark Sammy Sosa when I worked for <laughs> That's always a fun fact I love to throw in there. Okay, I worked for the darker one. But yes, I did work for him. I was the original. I, yeah, I used to babysit in his house and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, oh that's just gosh. a little fun fact about me. But this dude, like, and that's a good one. You know, that's a good, a good one because he did. But this Vietnamese guy, like, he bleached his skin, and we were all meeting, like, a group of us that had grown up together, and I did not recognize him. And he had, um, one of the things that I always find about people who bleach their skin is they can't bleach all of their skin at the same rate. Yeah, right. So there's always some part of their skin that still says, hey, yeah. they got on the turtleneck. It'd be the <laughs> neck, the hands, the feet. Like for some reason, the they still, and yeah and it'd be it's way darker than their skin ever was which mm -hmm. i think is ironic because mm -hmm. it always looks so intensely like unnaturally dark yeah but yeah he did and then um and, and i acted like you know it was normal i was like okay i'm just gonna act like this isn't a thing and so one of my friends that we all grew up with he was like hey man what happened and <laughs> <laughs> you got into a car accident he just asked like straight up and dude was like yeah you know I want to get married back in my country and this is what my family kind of said I needed to do and so oh, he did man. and he he did he talked like and he talked about it a little bit but he was very uncomfortable I think he wanted to go through the experience like we weren't all gonna notice it but you can't help but say no that is not who I knew right right you know, I've had a lot of people uh, recommend bleaching cream to me. So, not to necessarily bleach my whole body, right? But I've had some like spots and, you know, different things, the skin dust, discoloration or whatever. Yeah. And they'll be like, especially like back home, it is not a big deal for people to be like, oh, you need to go to the beauty supply store, get that bleaching cream. It's, I think it's called Nadal, N A I D O L or something. It's like, I ain't that again. Don't look it up. And don't, I'm not trying to promote them. But, <laughs> girl, your elbows will be all right. <laughs> But, and you know, I've always, like, I remember thinking, oh, I want to get this little dark spot off my face or whatever. But I was like, hell no. I just, I never wanted to turn out to be one of those people who just, your arms and your neck don't match your face. I'm confused. Right. Like, what's that girl? Uh, Dancia? Is that her name? Who's that? That's really popular from Africa. They came over here, yeah, promoting the skin bleaching. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, does she have the, um, is it her online or is it like a brand? That yeah, she so she was like for? really close with Black China or something like yes. that. She, was, she yes. was one of the people. But I saw something with her and she's like, you know, all of these people in Hollywood use my products. Like you'd be surprised, you know, who uses my product, uh, my products. But like I said, you know, of course, these people that are listening can't see, but you know as sometimes being a lighter skinned person you might have black elbows or your knees might be a little black you know or you might bump into a wall and it's like shit now you got a whole bruise you can't bleach that but it's not all this cracked up to me. <laughs> and i'm just hoping i don't age like a white woman <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh shut your mouth but um yeah, so one of our our homegirls, shout out to um, LaShawn, I'll call her by her Facebook name. She posts, oh. she posts videos sometimes of folks that are partying down in Jamaica. And I don't know how she got linked into this page or, you know, maybe she just started following some sort of party promoter. I don't know. But they post a lot of just like club and like hangout pictures of people down in Jamaica. Now, God bless them. Like, I can't get with the fashion. So that's one part of it. <laughs> but the other part is the bleaching is so prevalent. Like, it's you're hard pressed to find a picture of somebody because they'll post a ton, like dozens of photos. You're hard pressed to find a picture of someone whose face matches the their complexion on their face, matches complexion on their neck, their arms, their legs down to their feet. Mm -hmm. It's insane. And to me... I know bleaching, like you mentioned, Diane, bleaching is very popular throughout all black and brown peoples, especially outside of the states. Right. So, you know, just kind of showing that colorism is a worldwide issue for sure. But I just, especially on black skin, there's something about it that makes you look sick, you know, or ghoulish that I just don't understand. Like who said it looks good? Right, I and I feel like a lot of the time, especially to say like, okay, let's just say with um, black people that have more prominent features, like you know, you bleach your skin, it's like, okay, you look like a black and person in white face, right? Right, you really it's do, like white chicks or something, yes, like, you look nothing. like. Yeah, a nigga that bleached their skin. Yeah, always. <laughs> you don't magically look white all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> and even then, you don't. It's like you almost don't even look good for mm -hmm. that lighter version of yourself. You nope. really don't. And you know, like Jackie, there is no better way to describe it than ghoulish. Like as soon as you said that, I was like, that will forever be how I I associate it like that's it that is the one because it looks foolish and you know what really, really looks foolish like it's crazy because it looks crazy and then to think you saw that happening every day and you kept doing it mm -hmm. right right i'm thinking you know, like so vampire like, in brooklyn yeah because yes, i'm like you, you saw have yourself to... turning into the dead <laughs> and you kept doing it and you kept doing it and it had to burn it has to hurt. It has to smell funny. 
you it know what somebody did say yeah someone said if you don't well depending on what you use right and of course there's some folks that are using homemade shit depending on what you use it can burn and it can like affect your skin and people literally like marinate in it like in an outfit and just lay in it and they're like i've seen things before like on hbo you know like little documentaries and People mm-hmm. say like, yeah, oh, it burns, but you just gotta, once you get through the burn, you know, it'll, but what if you get through the burn and all of your skin falls off and now you got, you really got the burn, third degree burns. Right. Because you've like literally burned your skin off trying to make it lighter. And what about your pussy? <laughs> Did that just stay black? Or do you put that on it? I mean, <laughs> we we gonna we talk about here. this one when the recording cut. <laughs> oh my god, we gonna talk about this. I'm like so perplexed now. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, so you just take your panties off and it's oh goodness. But what we really need to, that I'm so thrown by that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just lost. <laughs> <laughs> right? How far are you going with this, please? And that hurts. That now you can't tell me that doesn't hurt. Now, you can't tell me that is a very <sighs> y'all. We need to light an incense and a candle for everybody out there tonight that's using that shit because mm-hmm. it's not gonna make. It's just like you know, and I, it's just like any weight loss surgery, like anything else you do in your life to offer yourself. If you don't change the inside, the outside won't matter. You're still right, not gonna exactly. love yourself. You're still not gonna respect yourself. You know, you may not have. You may not look in the mirror every day and be like, "Damn, this is it." But you should. And if you yeah. don't, that's what I want for you. Right. Yeah, that's what I want for any person like and that's what the message that we need to keep putting out there mm-hmm. is you know like we need to love ourselves on a whole nother level because when you start thinking about bleaching your privates for sure. what and I wouldn't want that I don't want that nowhere near me <laughs> I'm telling you right now I'm out man I, I just I, I'm out Ooh. is it time for a break <laughs> yes The, <laughs> you should make that the title. <laughs> if I just fuck this model and she just bleached <laughs> Oh, you make my back hurt. Sorry. All right. Next Y'all know I'm in my thirties. Shut up. <laughs> next all right what are your thoughts on accurate character portrayal in films does it matter if actors have similar (laughs) complexion in biographical stories i'm sorry (laughs) i just immediately thought of uh zoe saldana playing nina simone (laughs) (laughs) now what part (laughs) (laughs) Uh, isn't she like dominican or something in black another dominican yes yeah what what part of zoe saldana gave you nina simone 
You know, that girl went as far as to put on a prosthetic nose. <laughs> like, like, maybe this just wasn't the role for you. <laughs> no. So wait, speaking of outside of our community, a movie that I really like, it was called The Tax Accountant. It was about these, uh, the, like these Mexican gang members that were laundering money in LA. Mm -hmm. So Shia LaBeouf, okay, we are <laughs> <laughs> was see where a this supporting character, and they gave him like little tips on his ears to give him like Mexican ears. What? Y'all couldn't just y'all couldn't just find it. What is a Mexican ear? Let's move on. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. I do need to Google that, though. I need to understand. Right. Because I didn't know that was a thing. I've seen some examples. That is a good... That, But Zoe Saldana is a good one. You know what I think about? Um, do you think that Chadwick Boseman and um, Wakanda, the Black Panther, do you think that they could have switched roles? Why can't I think of his name right now? Y'all help me. Oh, Michael B. Jordan. All right, Michael Chadwick. B. Jordan. Um, Chadwick, yes. But like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, like, because you think about the Black Panther, he was this beautiful, darker, brown-skinned man, and the arch enemy, the nemesis, do you think there was some, do you think they thought about that, or was it their characters that they picked? Was it their performance? I mean, honestly, to me, I feel like when I really think about it and the kind of actors that they are, I feel like they could have switched. They could have switched, but I think Chadwick was very intentional about his roles and everybody, you know what? He's a perfect example of somebody who didn't look like a character, right? He played Thurgood Marshall. Who was a, a, was and James Brown. Man. And right? James Brown. Right. But definitely Thurgood and Marshall was more on the Langston Hughes scale than yeah for sure that's he a good passing. example yeah mm -hmm. he right. played Jackie Robinson who was like a in between James Brown and her good and he played all of these within like two years like wait right. a minute he's <laughs> like I'm just playing all the greats <laughs> like, all right, I was out, just man. he was just James Brown now you say he third <laughs> He was not playing with y'all. He said, I want to be a distinguished person when I'm on the screen. Okay. <laughs> and so respect for that. So, you know, yeah, I think that um, if you're going to portray a character and do it well, I'm not tripping off how you look. Um, last week, I know I talked about harder, the harder they fall and how the leading actress, I don't know her name, but she played stagecoach Mary, who was not a light-skinned, slim woman in real life. Um, think she did a pretty good job playing a role. I really liked the movie, so I wasn't gonna hold them on that. But what I will say within that week's time, you know, the movie has had a lot of popularity. And I saw someone post and they had made some fan art. And it was like, oh, I, I just keep thinking about this movie. So I've been inspired to draw this. So when they drew Stagecoach Mary, it looked like the main character. So my thing is, I don't mind her playing that role here and now, you know, doing a great job. And to me, it's like thinking about if they were in a play, you know, and it was like, hey, if you came out and you did the lines the best, then play the role. But it's difficult because 100 years from now, I don't want somebody to think that stagecoach Mary 
looked like her in real life because that's how we wound up with all these people that invented all this shit around America and around the world that we think are white or we think they Mm -hmm. are damn near white because of pictures and images and and portraits that portrayed them as lighter skinned people yep and they're doing it on purpose and they do it on purpose yeah because that was um i still haven't seen that yet but that was the girl that played uh the girlfriend in atlanta right yes the baby yeah, yeah tt something or something yeah so yeah i think that it's it's totally fine to to pick the best actor right at the at the tryouts, sure. But right, you say pick the best actor at the tryouts, but how did you even end up at these tryouts? That's true. Like yeah, they said, okay, you got Neo Riley, Amber Riley, you, right? Danielle, Jennifer Hudson, Danielle, um, yeah. tasty. <laughs> yeah, you got these people from Orange is the New Black. I mean, we have some healthy black women, right? That, that would have been a more accurate portrayal. <laughs> You know, because so I said, who was it? Oh, girl, and Holly Berry and Jada Pinkett were that. Is that who they were choosing from? Like, <laughs> right. So, you know, yeah, I think it, it's okay to an extent, you know, I just, because again, it's just too easy for Hollywood, like we said earlier, to whitewash some shit. And, or maybe I didn't say it earlier, so I could save it for now. <laughs> it's too easy for Hollywood to whitewash some shit. Yeah. So it's like, you can't, it's hard to give them the inch because then they'll, you know, definitely take the mile. I also mentioned last week about how when they did the Madam CJ Walker story, the um, other lady that played Annie, I can't remember her full name now either, but, you know, she definitely came off as somebody who was very fair skinned, possibly even biracial. She looked down on um, Madam CJ Walker, you know, for her non-ambiguous looks, okay? And it's like, y'all built that into the storyline and y'all made that fit and work as a part of the storyline. And I sure enough went on Google after that and looked at the pictures of these historical figures. And I said, those were two non-ambiguous black women. Mm-hmm. Like besides the fact that that was more of a mentor than a, a nemesis, they also were both very like unmistakably black in real life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, Netflix, two strikes. Right, and I'm like, and this wasn't the historical images weren't in 4K. So if right. I can clearly yeah. see that this is a black woman, a black woman you know yes right from a photo in 1913 then right. thank you where so, was the confusion and where is the diversity in right. the casting room now netflix has um i don't know what her real name is but she just went over there badass bozeman is like her you know she's like a beautiful um, black lady, she just went over there in their diversity st- division. Um, okay, maybe like six months ago, but but I still think that they could do more. Hundred percent. They need mm-hmm. to do a lot better. I think there's a lot of a lot of diversity that we can see across the board for Netflix. So I, I think overall, like if we're gonna really talk about diversity, I know it's another another topic, but if you're gonna really like say, oh, we're all about diversity, then be about that. Create right. more complex characters. You know, right now, 
I am who I am. And you can, and, and, and all of my experiences have tied together to make me this person that I am today. Like, so you can't just say all women in this type are going to be this way. Create some characters that allow, allow for diversity, that yeah. allow a light skinned man to be a gangbanger if he wants to. They have rights, they have choices. That's what they want to do. You know, bang. <laughs> wants to gang bang, let him do it, you know. Fuck it out. Yeah. It's, it's funny you said that because I ran across, you know, of course, in sales, I'm always looking at websites and meet the team pages and about us and our mission. So I don't know if you guys saw I posted on Instagram maybe last week. There was a company that in their mission, they're like, oh, we just focus on diversity and inclusion and we just we just love our diverse workforce and blah 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 so i go to the meet the team page i literally had to take a video because i scrolled down there was one black man everybody else was white it was the, i said okay maybe when they said inclusion they meant by women because there's yes. a lot of white women yes that's but what I mean. it was literally like 50 people on that page i didn't see not a mexican a chinese a, there was one black man <laughs> At the bottom of the page. And I'm just scrolling down, like... Ciao. I wanted to call to find out where the diversity was. Right, well, you got to start there. You got to get some real diversity <laughs> in the room, and then you have mm -hmm. to make sure that all your people don't just somehow conveniently pass the, the brown paper bag test. And uh, if you're not familiar, you know, put your hands or your arm up to a brown paper bag is it lighter than it? You pass. All right. So moving back on to the next question. <laughs> moving on to the next question. Two-parter here. Who do you believe is an overrated artist or entertainer or actor who you believe has benefited from colorism? And then on the flip side, who do you believe somebody that is underrated because they don't benefit? Y'all, y'all really want me to go? Yeah, sure. You know, this one might be a, you know, this might get a little spicy because I, I got one. And I'm just gonna say it, okay? I'm gonna start from the bottom and take it to the top. I'm gonna go with first, Sweetie. 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 That's my type, nigga. That's my type. That song was one minute and thirty seconds long. <laughs> <laughs> All her songs. Now, I'm not going to lie. I mean, we, as we know, a lot of these songs these days are getting shorter and shorter. Mm -hmm. But go listen to that song. There's like one verse mm -hmm. or two, two half verses. Damn. Either way, the song is very short. I don't believe that she has any type of bars or musical talent. I feel like she benefited from light skin privilege before she got the titties and the ass and the BBL. She was already benefiting, but then um, she made it in. Y'all might, you know, just go ahead and log me off, but I'm going to take it to the top and say Cardi B. Mm. I will say that Cardi B is very entertaining, but we know that she don't write none of that shit. Mm. Um, so... Again, somebody that 
she was entertaining with her original look, but then she got her teeth fixed and she got the ass and titties and the all that other stuff, right. you know, to enhance her look. But you know, if there was any brown skin or dark skin women, if Megan the Stallion came out acting like that and saying yeah. what she was saying it would not have had the same trajectory right Megan um, had her to come from the classroom Cardi B was like I came straight from the pole right and she's like you know I can shake ass but I'm still not out here you know really talking reckless or you know just well, I'm, because I'm I mean, there's nothing Cardi B to told it. us that she used to drug and rob niggas like well you out her mouth she said it was not hearsay right and she's at home right now on her pillows sleeping tightly mm. that's whew. those are some real ones I, i'm not gonna lie to you there might have been some some advantages because they are very clearly right like on the they're passing the the, the test so yeah, I'm like Cardi is like I said again, very entertaining. She has the personality. I really don't even see a personality from Sweetie. She got to deal with McDonald's, <laughs> you know, all types of shit. But like, is her name Sweetie or Sawadee? I mean, what I don't is give a fuck. really? I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, who the fuck came up with this? <laughs> it's so weak. I don't give a fuck. So weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be sick, dog. Like next time I hear sweet song, I'm here talking about a wait. And all I want to know is, does a sweetie come with uh, a sweet tea? Come with her meal at McDonald's, right? Let me get a sweetie meal with a sweet tea. <laughs> They're like, oh no, it comes with a sprite. <laughs> You know what I do kind of think of too? I think applies when he was doing some weak pussy sad. <laughs> I kind of miss those a little bit. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Do you have anybody, Diane, that you feel like is overrated? Uh, okay. So I, I do agree with Lexi on Cardi B. And I like Cardi B. There was something about Cardi that I did really like. But I just never understood the hype. And mm -hmm. I think that's why now it's kind of like, where's Cardi? But I do think I have some people who are, I think, underrated. Mm -hmm. I think um, Jasmine Sullivan is underrated. Okay. Okay. And that, like, I just don't think she gets, like, the same amount of love as Cardi B. For someone who is so much more talented. You know, Agreed. she's like... definitely talented. Yeah, I feel like uh, unfortunately it's twofold with Jasmine because again, Hollywood, right? So she's not necessarily passing a brown paper bag test, and she also is not like uh, a size two girl, or at least when she started, you know, she was not. So it was like, oh well, you can appeal to like. You know, the heavy R&B scene, you know, uh, borderline neo-soul, right? Like, super leaning into the the quintessential Black girl that you probably look like and you represent, but 
we're not thinking of you as like that like star talent that could cross over one day or you know be on the main stage like it does not feel like she was really granted that same level of access whether you know she chose to pursue that fully or not i don't know but i do feel like there were those natural you know ways that they gatekeep where it's like nope you got a little bit you know too much extra weight on you and you're not really light enough for us to you know make it seem like people have to wonder where you're from you know and i feel like when you don't have that industry backing and even when you yeah. do there's only so many so many slots that they got like it's, it's cardi and sweetie and Megan. Yeah. they let megan creep in but it's so many other Female rappers now, just like when you think about people, you would categorize with Jasmine Sullivan, like a maybe like a Scissor or Ari mm-hmm. Lennox or yeah, Ari Lennox. That was my other one, right? Adele, Adele that lost this weight. We're pushing Adele. She got the soulful voice. She can make you cry. You know, I feel like that's what they're really pushing right now because there are, like you said, so many people that are in the same genre but when you don't have that backing behind you yeah it won't be no Adele slender around here but I know what you mean <laughs> cause you know they already loved Adele but when she lost that weight then now oh, she man. got a black man and she got a black man man I mean oh, I'm telling you right that's like the Hollywood formula yeah um Ari, yes, like you were saying, Diane. Ari Lennox, I do think, is is another one where yeah. people probably would have hopped on a, in a bigger way and a lot sooner, you know, if she was, you know, more ambiguous looking or if she didn't choose to wear her natural hair so much, you know? You know I, who I Ari think. reminds me of always, and I know she's a friend of the show, Chandra. Okay, yeah. Ari, it's something about Ari. Like, the first time I met Chandra, I felt like this is like an, an unapologetically black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, because Chandra's going to have a message on her jacket. That's what I first met her. She had a pin on. But um, I always think about Ari Linux with Chandra because, like, she just, that something about her with the fro and everything just makes me think of her because, like, she just doesn't seem like she's trying to conform to like the standards and mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that I think that's it too right because what did Cardi do as soon as she got money she tried to go out and look like a Kardashian or mm-hmm. like all, yeah. everybody else with like the perfect teeth and the same body yeah yeah she did and I guess and that's the beautiful thing right like Ari is one of those people where you can say she doesn't have to do that right no quietly when you pay attention you're like wow like she has a great natural figure so yeah you don't have to do all that stuff and this is another episode for another time but y'all notice all these girls look the same these days from the body to the makeup to the eyebrows to the lashes to the baby hairs that swoop down off the lace front and it's like mm-hmm. again going back to cheating I could cheat on all y'all bitches look the same <laughs> and it won't matter (laughs) right yeah I mean her ass is leaking just like yours from the BBL 
I'm used to it by now. But I do want to come back for that topic. Maybe, and that might need to be a larger panel because I, I have a lot to say about that. I don't think we even understand what that the long-term effects. I'm going to save my mm-hmm. points because I have been really gathering and collecting on this. And I just think that is something. So I want to talk about that for sure. But everybody mm-hmm. is really looking the same. And, you know, one thing when we were talking about um, bleaching creams, Mm-hmm. We skipped over the fact that there are lasers. Really? That pe- yeah, there are lasers that people are using also. So when we go to these, like, talk about BBLs, you know, it might, I think everybody's got really smooth skin these days with very few imperfections. Y'all can't all be using, like, I use nice skincare. I use water. With real safe water. Right, yeah, everybody's <laughs> drinking water. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, that's real as well. So yes, we'll definitely have to do that as another topic for another day. But that shit's real. All right. So I am going to say for me, most overrated and most underrated, it's pretty much been a uh, longstanding. It's Gina and Pam. Tisha Campbell. Ooh, no, you as didn't. underrated. Tisha Campbell has always been the more overrated one, and Tashina Arnold has always been the more underrated one. Because Gina was light and bright and everything bright all through the 90s in class act and house party. And Tashina Arnold, or um, who was what's Shireen's real name <laughs> that played her friend in, in house party and class act oh, you know she um, the, the mama hey, from hey. baby boy yes yeah, aj aj um, not johnson, johnson but something like that yeah oh, yeah because yeah. Yeah. we realized there were two yeah but women. not the other one rest right that passed away rest in peace so all through the 90s they were you know she always tag team with one of them you know she always had like a a brown side chick friend who they both were kind of seen as cute girls but she was always the one that had like the very consistent love life or you know kind of was the first girl to get the intention of a guy hell in class act they weren't even playing with us they said hey you light-skinned nigga you get with the light-skinned girl (laughs) and y'all gonna be the main love story you sound just like paul money when you said that Rest in peace, man. You know, right? And it's not that Tisha Campbell is not good, like, she's really funny and all of that. But I think, especially stateside, Tashina Arnold is just as much of a powerhouse. And I think about how one of her biggest fan bases is in Brazil. Like, if you search, like, Everybody Hates Chris and that, and in in brazil like Mm -hmm. she is a a freaking goddess to them yeah so you know it's like she had this huge role in this long-standing show and we all liked it ha 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 but it seems like in the 90s right and in kind of like our development kind of years we always saw like tisha campbell was the one that was really like the leading one the more of the shining star and her brown skin friend was kind of, you know, possibly just a tag along, even if she was just as, or maybe more talented. And I, I totally agree because honestly, I mean, I really, for the most part, feel like they're on the same level. Like they can right. both sing, they ass off, they can dance, they can 
you know act but definitely like i said when you got that media pushing you forward they were pushing teach campbell yeah and like you said even when you think about martin like Tashina Arnold was looked at as like the butt of the joke or you All know time. she did get a man sometimes or you know right. but Martin was always making fun of her hair and you know right talking, shit, uh, right. talking shit in every way possible and don't get me wrong because I love me some Martin right, right. got the jokes right I got some B2Bs right now <laughs> right and they talked about Gina's big head right mm-hmm. so it wasn't just about that but you know there were certain elements right where it was like things are not going to be as consistent for you or you're not going to be as successful yeah you know? It was just small ways where it kind of felt like it was reinforced and, you know. Even in their career, Gina would always get the promotion. Right. You know, I think that that is a, like, that's a good example because, you know, Gina and Pam, they had a, but Gina always got the promotion. She always got the man. She Mm -hmm. always got whatever. And Pam would have to get her leftovers. If Gina turned down the job, Pam would get it. Pam Mm -hmm. would be offered it. Right. After dealing with Gina's boyfriend and his homies for a long time, she finally realized, well, maybe I do like the friend. And that's not to say her relationship with Tommy wasn't legitimate, but it, it definitely... Right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> people. But yeah, right? It was just so many elements of it where it was kind of like her success and her happiness was an afterthought and everything just kind of fell into Gina's lap. Right. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So how do you personally participate in colorism today? So do you have any preferences that really shouldn't be called preferences? Because like you said very early on, Diane, there are things about ourselves that we can't change. So when people say they prefer light skin or prefer a nigga over six feet, you know, (laughs) whatever that is, like, you can't change things about people. I know that's also, that also might be another topic for another day. But right, I feel like a hit. hit. <laughs> Did you feel attacked? Attack on me, cause... you know, just saying. But yeah, so how do you, you know, how how might you be complicit in colorism these days? For probably twenty years, I was very clear that I liked a big black and ugly as ever. That was my line, baby. I wanted me a big old black, oh, just big and black. I mean, (laughs) and the blacker the better. I loved it. I don't know why. I just thought it was a thing. And that definitely was me participating in colorism. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I was very specific about that. And, you know, I think, you know, and and, hey, we're talking about other episodes. That's probably a whole other episode on what my, how that was developed. But that's what I liked for a long time. And, um... And I don't know what really changed that. Okay. I don't know what, like, where it shifted to say you should be more open to, mm-hmm. you know, to people and just how, in, in a different kind of way. But it definitely shifted. But I mean, like, from the time that I was, like, 16, like, I'm talking, like, my first boo, he was, like, a huge, just huge and big and just and black as he could be. And that was, that, and I think South Florida does that to you, too, right? Because, yeah. like, you know, there's just so many, like, Bahamian and Haitian men that are just, and Jamaican men that are just, like, uh, so, you know, lovely, but 
yeah, I did. I had that. I had that preference for a long time. Let me put my colorism blockers on. <laughs> I just found this. It's a shield for the the COVID. Uh, but so. For me, it's funny that you said that, Diane, because definitely growing up, I went through my B2K, little Bow Wow, <laughs> you know, immature, little Romeo, just because those were like the sex symbols that I saw. So mm-hmm. you couldn't tell me that I wasn't supposed to be with a little light-skinned man that had braids to the back. Maybe yeah. Allen Iverson, you know, I don't know. <laughs> something like that but definitely um I would say it probably hit me during college like freshman year maybe even senior year of high school like kind of like you said today I want I just I wanted to I said I'm going to Florida I'm going down south I want to find the biggest tallest blackest most countryest coming with a bale of hay over the <laughs> side of his arm like I want my nigga to be able to pick up F-150 up and just <laughs> <laughs> carry it down the road, you know, because again, you think about that as like a, a provider, a protector, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, somebody ain't got to wear flip-flops with all the time because he be <laughs> tall enough to meet the standards. So <laughs> I, I would definitely think that's how I participate in it now. I am open in my dating life but I have found like I feel like I like brown skin dudes but the ones that I've ran across they're like oh I didn't think you would like me like there's also a stereotype that you know like oh mm-hmm. you see a light skinned girl you don't think you think she wants to only talk to somebody light skinned which is not the case because like I said earlier like I don't see color well oh, it's white yeah. Yeah, but I don't see color at all because I mean, my parents, my family, like my granddad. You don't let complexion like, stop you. We're gonna give you a better phrase. I don't let complexion stop me because my granddad is Whoopi Goldberg gums black from Alabama. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I would say that I participate. I'm guilty. Also, um, in love with the blackest thing walking, you know, black and the berry <laughs> whenever, wherever. <laughs> like, oh, where are the dark skinned Negroes? Like, I'm looking for them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, but I'll also say, you know, I think there's an element of it too. Where if I'm being really honest, it feels like, let's go back to the rapping girls, right? I I think that there's less of like a question of who someone is and where they came from and how they came into the industry or kind of into my, you know, peripheral (laughs) when they are light skinned, you know, or more ambiguous looking. But then if it's someone who is darker skin, it almost seems like they have to do something that might be, you know, more impressive, right? Or do it differently or, or be more creative to, to be impressive, right? It's like, I think of like Flo Millie. I love Flo Millie. 
she is a rapper she is she is dark skinned she is from Alabama you know much like your grandfather Lexi um so hey, hey, Ray Schremer Ray Schremer from Alabama too no they're from Mississippi same thing yeah same thing but um <laughs> same but, thing um, they, they all lynch niggas so oh my gosh yeah so you know it's like sometimes it feels like for Flo Millie to get the same recognition as uh, Rico Nasty, you know, she would have to do two, 10, 15 more shows just to like make that name for herself because, you know, it's easy to look at her and be like, oh, who is this girl? You know, who's this dark skinned girl? And I don't know. It's like, as much as I like love the talent and love everything she's doing, I can't help but wonder sometimes like, if I see a picture and I'm critiquing it, it's like, would you have this same critique if it was a light-skinned girl, you know? Like, I'm just always kind of trying to check myself in that same way because it's so easy, right? So much of this is ingrained in us for our entire lives. And sometimes you don't even realize that you're like not giving the same level of support or attention to someone just because they're darker than the next person. So, but you know, I don't know. So it's unconscious biases, right? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. definitely you know, it's, an unconscious bias. Yeah, you know, yeah. you think you just don't even realize that it has been ingrained in you in such yeah. a way that it's almost like it's your first reaction, you know? Right. Yep. Right? And it's also like we've always heard, I know y'all didn't heard you people tell you you got to work 10 times harder you know Mm -hmm. than your caucasian counterparts but i feel like they don't mention it's still like when even when you are black is there's still a scale that you feel like okay if like you said i'm a flow millie i've heard the name before i don't know any of her music um right right yeah um I really just don't keep up with a lot of these young people that I don't know. Uh, but yeah, like you, okay. So if I got to work 10 times harder, that means you got to work 15 times harder. Right. Like you said, you got to do 10, 12 extra shows yep. just to get that same type of visibility. Right. Right. Because like, and it, like you said, it's no shade, but it's like, she's got a lot of good music. So where is she not being kind of showcased you know in the same way that uh Saweetie is because I could send you a Flo Millie mixtape right now and the shit's gonna ride from top to bottom but nobody is sending me Saweetie music you know people might post cute Saweetie pics you know girl Saweetie about to be the the female French Montana child let's not get started on Montana (laughs) huh Huh? Right? Oh gosh! But you know what? I don't want to disrespect him because why? What has he ever done? (laughs) He's never done anything. What did he do for you? Yeah. I mean, because you know what? Give me one bop. Give me one Montana Montana bop that makes your life better. Well, no. So we have been having this debate, right? And TK, hope you're tuning in because (laughs) you can go ahead and send over the the French Montana bops for everybody. Track list. Right, because I know you go hard. But you know what I'm going to say? My unconscious bias kicked in because I was ready to be like, 
French Montana is a soft ass nigga. And it's like, he hasn't done anything to prove that that's who he is. If anything, I've known him to be someone who is trying to like, you know, keep his people included in his music. He wants you to know that he is like of African lineage. You know, I don't know if he's Moroccan or what it is, but you know, he might not be like, you know, a douche like the baby. Does but... getting liposuction not make you a soft ass nigga? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. You know what, men? So if you were dating a man, Diana, he's like, yeah, baby. I, I dated a man that wore a girdle cycle. one time. <laughs> A girdle? A girdle. He wore a man girdle. What in the girlfriend's hell? Listen, I don't know. He, he he never told me. He never said anything else. But I definitely, like, when we came back from from dinner, he took his girdle off. So he took his man girdle off. I think men... <laughs> I, I think men, I mean, I didn't like that shit, okay? But I do think that dudes should be free. Even if they want to wear a girdle or get 360 lipo... I mean, everybody's struggling with their self-image, and we just need to leave people the hell alone. As long as it don't cost me or scare me. Now, if you scare me in public from your stuff, then I have a problem. But other than that, let French Montana work on his body. Ciao. <laughs> life on a 360 life. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Well, okay. I think my my problem with like much of the surgery is get the arms to match, nigga. If you gonna get lipo, you need to be in the gym doing push-ups, doing curls, have some type of definition in them arms. Just like these bitches getting these BBLs and they still got lunch lady flaps up under their arms. So I got fat arms. <laughs> Stop, because let me tell you what. With a snatched waist. When somebody said that your arms are too short to box with guys, <laughs> what they were saying was, you can get all that lipo you want, but them arms is always going to give it away. If you and don't what Funky didn't even say that back. That back. He said how y'all get everything uh, snatched, but your back still big. Man. Can't get back lipo. Let me tell you what, I'm over here like, oh, I do not want to be shaped like an old church lady all my life, so I'm going to do what I need to do, but because the arms and the top part of your ass will give it away if you don't start getting your shit together. <laughs> but I'm going to leave that there. Okay, so last question, because we clowning. Or really people need to get their arms done first and then get there. They should do it in a different order like Super did. Well, I had a friend that got the BBL and the arms done at the same time. She had some money. Right. And that's ideal. She also must have had some downtime. Because I imagine, like, all of this, you got to have time to recover, too. But we going to come up off this shit. <laughs> we going down the BBL rabbit hole. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. All right. So, last question. What is one step you believe we can all take today to combat white supremacy and stop the insidiousness of colorism in our community. You know, insidiousness is something that creeps in little by little and it's not for the betterment. It's not good, right? It's almost like a disease, right? Like a cancer that can take over your body or um, an infection that slowly, you know, 
um, destroys, you know, something like, how can we try to get after this? Or do you feel like, you know, maybe it's it's bigger than than black people? Because like we mentioned, it's a it's a global issue. I would say for me, unfortunately, I'm going to say this, but I know it ain't going to happen. But like we all need to stand up and be united. And unfortunately, that's one thing that we have never been able to do as many, you know, black people as there are. Of course, there's some people that are always want to stay in the safe space, mm-hmm. you know, or they said, I'm one of the good Negroes, so I don't want to go against the grain. I'm not going to stand up for, you know, and that goes from organizations to companies, mm-hmm. wherever. If you're talking about, oh, okay, we're diverse and you have black people in positions, but they're not fighting for diversity or black mm-hmm. people or, you know, to bring other people in, then you're really just holding a space and not, you know, doing anything to bring us all up. So that's what I would say that we, you know, if we all got to a point where everybody's unapologetically black and it's like, oh no, you're not going to say this to me because, you know, combating microaggressions, things like that. But unfortunately, I don't see it happening. I see more and more that, you know, people say this is the generation that's not going to take this shit, you know. But I think, I don't even think we're going to be alive when it gets to the point that our people actually stand up and become a united front like they need to be. And honestly, at that point, it's probably going to be so many biracial The united front won't even really make a difference for black people or african americans mm-hmm. i think um we need to do two things we need to start with kids mm-hmm. you know i think it's important that we start with kids today to really kind of break down those walls continue to like push the message that we are all the same. We have differences, but we're all humans and we all bleed the same and really kind of like break down those stereotypes with it with kids. But then I think it's important that we like start to work with those parents because like we all talk about these people, like I'm still stuck on the people who are bleaching their skin. Right. You know, there's a group of people out here like whose self-esteem is like in a toxic place. Yeah. You know, and I think we need to like look at how do we empower people today? I think Lexi is right. Like we do need to come together. First thing I think we need to do is really say like, hey, you're beautiful. You know, how do we affirm one another in such a way that it helps grow and make us better so that we can then help our kids? Because, you know, like if 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 we want to say, oh, let, like we can start with the kids, you're like, well, that's just only going to stop so far. If, if we, you bring home... Uh, if a, a kid who doesn't look like you and now your parents are making little jokes and side comments and, and it's all a game in the house like right. how, do, how do you nip the cycle in the bud so I think we need to start with like really start with children but just like support adults today because there's some people who are really struggling with their color and, and, and colorism and, and we are all struggling with systematic racism oppression and white supremacy and so 
Mm-hmm. I think we have to support one another in in ways that educate us, that empower us, and that make us better so that we can understand, like, right now, what is the unified front for? And I think our unified front needs to be for something other than politics. Yeah. That's what I would love. I would love for us to shift our focus from politics everything is always about who's we're gonna vote the next president in. but i'm kind of over that i want to like focus on so many other things you know right yeah so really quick diane when you said starting with the children i just wanted to throw this in because i've i'll just say i know some people <clears throat> that have said <laughs> some things to me that are disturbing you know stop telling your kids you know they ain't shit because they light skin i never want to know how do i end up with a light skin baby like your children hear that i know that i'm children <laughs> i know i know that or you know like your your brown man. skin mother you got a light skin kid or what? vice versa and you're like you know mm. And I mean, that's basically, you could say, I, I don't want a stupid kid, or I want to, either way, you're putting your kids down, and that shit sticks with people. Yeah. Yeah, I would definitely agree. You know, it starts with kids. You have to encourage kids to love each other and accept each other, and don't see the differences in each other and turn that into a competition, right? Because that can turn you into someone who later in life will think that you are better than or more deserving than somebody because of your complexion or maybe less than, right? Less deserving. And that's not the outlook you want to have on the world. You do not want to think that you will get things or you deserve to get things solely based off of your skin tone. Um, And also, you know, we can try to seek to not tolerate bullshit towards kids, right? Like talking about a kid that might be the darkest one in the family right or in the group or even calling too much attention to the one that might be the lightest in the group and as much as it might feel like certain things are all in fun you know if if it can affect somebody's outlook on life and just how they see themselves in social settings like we you do want to start with kids and just teach them how to be tolerant you know, of other people and not allow anybody to slide with some some BS, especially when it's adults talking about groups of children. Um, I think we can hire more black, dark-skinned black women to do a lot of things in this world. Um, just truly kind of start to level that playing field. Like, stop making it seem like when a black woman shows up in certain spaces and is successful, like, that is an exception, right? Like we gotta keep getting past this idea of first black this and first black that. But as those things keep happening, like we need to bring more like unambiguous black people to the forefront for that. Cause it's like, as as much as it's not their fault, sometimes it's still kind of like, you know, you see people getting the first black quote unquote tag on something, but they're biracial, right? Or they're very much so like fair skin. So it's it shows that it's like, we're counting everything that's black, which is the right thing to do, but we're still, again, making sure it's within our comfort zone. So, 
you know like in the harder they fall to maybe you just completely flip the script and cast tasty as stagecoach mary like she's supposed to look you know <laughs> and leave a girlfriend from atlanta behind that's that's extreme but right like or the next netflix you know breakout movie like be real about how you cast it then i think that you know okay colorism can end one day right to your point lexi maybe it'll be one way or another uh whether people become you know one homogeneous group <laughs> that is more like right maybe the states look more like the dominican republic you know as much as we might talk about how they they don't think that they're something but you know they have a, a kind of a long history of kind of a, a blended you know culture and 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 race and who knows what the, america might look like you know a hundred years from now but we definitely make need to make sure that all black people and darker people are celebrated and you know continue to combat things that are very deliberate and and call them out when we see them you know it with within reason right like i don't think that at least for me i don't know if it's worth walking around angry about it all day every day but you know i think that where it makes sense you know push for that type of diversity to that extent mm. so all right so i really appreciate y'all coming on um as always so before you go you know we have to do jukebox with jack so let me know what you've been listening to uh music artists albums mixtapes let me know what you got oh can i go first sure you got it so i am obsessed with this damn tiktok song 35 the maori maori people have y'all heard that Nope. No. Oh my goodness. It is like the best song ever. It's like this this song from this like New Zealand group. And I cannot stop listening to it. It plays on every TikTok that you watch right now. And I'm really obsessed with it. But my next obsession is Leela James. She has a new album out. It's um I, it's called See Me, but she has a song on there called Complicated. And mm -hmm. I've been playing that on rotation. So I'm really feeling me some Leela James right now. I've always liked her. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So just two for you? Oh, and then of course there's Adele. Okay, yeah. I've been I've been loving me some Adele right now. But yeah, those are my top like things right now. But yeah, that I've been listening to. Very nice. Well, one more time, I'm gonna uh, plug Colin and Black and White. Uh, they're on Netflix, support your black people. Um, I heard that Jay-Z also did the, the music for The Harder They Fall, mm -hmm. but he definitely did his thing on this show. So I have two new favorite songs from there. Um, one is Black by Buddy and ASAP Ferg. Uh, the other one is Astronaut in the Ocean by Masked Wolf. Mm. And I'm going to go ahead and, and give you an extra add-on. So, of course, this Silk Sonic is everything with uh, Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars. Mm -hmm. And also there's a, a short little mixtape called Trust Fund Babies with Lil, uh, Lil Wayne and Rich Kid. Okay. 
Okay. Ooh, that was a lot. I'm gonna have to run that one back and when I listen to it, you know, I'm gonna Look, you know, I'm never prepared for this portion, but today I am. <laughs> All the names from Jersey, you know. Okay. Um, all right, so for me, um, you know, the Queen Beyonce uh has a new song on a soundtrack, so it is called Be Alive. It is an original oh, the, the King Richard. Yes, it is an original song from the um, motion picture King Richard. So um, really good song there. Very black. Um, Very much uh, for us. Um, So I did not dive into the Summer Walker. You know, I think she has a nice voice, but, you know, I don't really lean into like Lay Baby Mama Struggle like that so but I did hear it kind of in passing you know just playing in the background so you know I think one of the most popular songs is No Love with her and SZA so uh, pretty good there and then yeah definitely at the top of my list like with Diane Adele Easy On Me has been playing the album 30 is coming so Again, I, I I saw King Richard, so if I can take another opportunity to plug another black movie Shame or project. Lexi in the streets. Right. Yes, I was at the premiere uh, last week. No, I'm kidding. I was, but it was very good. Uh, yeah. Just know that it's about two and a half hours long, so get your snacks and use the bathroom ahead of time. Okay. All right. Good to know. Probably won't last two and a half hours at my big age, but I'll check it out. <laughs> Definitely worth checking it out. I think it comes out this weekend. Oh, okay, right. Because you saw it before the yeah, uh, I saw it last weekend. The Gen Pop release. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I definitely appreciate you coming on. This has been a really good conversation. You know, together we can stop colorism <laughs> one one step at a time. But until then, you know, love dark-skinned women, love light-skinned men, and everybody in between, y'all. And <laughs> Lexi, why you make a face about that? Yeah, because I thought you was good. I guess I'm in between. Yes, girl, because the light skinned women's and the dark skinned men's is getting all the love. But Lexi, I love you. Right, we love and you. And Jackie, love. I love you. I love you yes. all. Yes. Love you and yes, um, until next time, y'all take care. Y'all enjoy these holidays. Stay safe. And we'll be back to talk about BBLs. <laughs> and the impact on our community. We are ready. Make sure that that turkey is cooked all the way through, (laughs) y'all. Yes. Just don't post a whole bunch of food that looks like the same color and make me, I mean, like, damn, how y'all food looks like the same color? (laughs) Like, that is not normal. That turkey and the gravy should be the only thing that color. Your macaroni and cheese shouldn't look like that. Everything shouldn't look like chitlins. Oh my god. And stop putting that shit on the styrofoam plate. <laughs> Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving. And until next time, I'll talk to y'all. Oh, bye. 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 <laughs> bye. <laughs>
And that wraps up another episode. Diane, Lex, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate the conversation. Very good perspective on colorism and how it's showing up in our day-to-day world. We'll keep uh, striving for a more equal experience uh, in this life. Um, But I reiterate, you guys, you know, love on those dark-skinned women and uh, don't forget about those light-skinned brothers. Let them be the hero in the movie, too. All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, remember, I'm a jack of all trades, a master of none, not here to be an expert, just here to have fun. Bye, guys.